This week on the podcast, we are joined by Aaron Best, a personal financial planner, former collegiate athlete, high school track coach, father, and great guy. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed talking to him. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. We're here today with Aaron Best. How's it going, Aaron? Hello. You Hello. Don't to, you don't have to sit that close. <laughs> okay. Just sit kind of close, like just right here. Yeah. The I call it the Rogan rule, uh, about a fist away. Oh, is that what that? Okay. Yeah. yeah. About that. Yeah, you're just kind of lean forward. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy. Uh, I'm excited. I'm nervous. You ever been on a podcast before? No, this is my first ever, everness. This so. is also mine and Jacob's first podcast. Not awesome. episode, but the podcast as a whole. This yeah. is our first one, too. The other three were made up. <laughs> do you listen to podcasts at all? I do. I do listen to quite a few. Um, I am boring, though, because I work in the world of finance, so a lot of it is financial-related. Uh, on occasion, I'll listen to Joe Rogan or, um, I don't know, something outside of Outside of finance. Outside of finance, but no, I mean, I'm I'm kind of glad this movement has kind of happened to where people kind of have this open platform to talk about stuff. I think it's great. So I'm I'm excited to to be on here for the first time ever on a podcast. So yeah, yeah we're excited about it too. I really agree with you about the whole podcast movement and it becoming a thing. I remember like ten ish years ago. When I first ever like heard the word podcast, I was just like, what in the hell is that? Like, yeah. that's, that's a pretend thing. And now it's just a huge thing that everybody knows about, and it's a part of a lot of people's daily lives. Yeah. yeah. Like, I-, I couldn't function without them. Like, <laughs> to your point, like 10 years ago, like, remember Happy Tree Friends? Uh it you remember weird, yeah, it was like super this super gory cartoon, like adult cartoon. Yeah, oh, really? and that was on the, like the OG Apple Podcast app. Huh. At least, at least I remember it was. Huh. And yeah, I was like on the iPod Nano. Not that it wouldn't be the Nano. But... I had a Shuffle. I had an iPod. Oh yeah, it was the Nano. That was before the Mesh. Oh yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah, and it was like a Shuffle. <laughs> it was weird. And I was like, this is dumb. Yeah. And, then, and now we have Joe Rogan, who just made a hundred million dollars. Right. <laughs> yeah. Spotify. Yeah, that's impressive, man. Yeah, that's that's crazy. It's it's really cool. It's really cool. There's like the free access to information that comes with it. Like oh my gosh. so much knowledge yeah, is on just the podcast yeah, apps. Right. right. Yeah, that's why I I mean I listen to all these financial stuff just because there's just so much free information, you know. So why not why not learn from people's experiences and you know, try to figure it out on your own. You guys are inspiring me to want to do my own podcast. So you should definitely do it. It's, it's so fun. Start a movement between you and I. It's so easy too. Like I think we were talking about this when Caleb was on. Like we're like in less than hundred bucks in mics. Yeah. Audacity's free. Huh. Like it's and then Anchor, what we upload to, also yeah. free. Like it's you can do it so inexpensive. Sheesh. Yeah, and it's super fun. It has been the most fun thing ever to like set up the studio. Yeah. And then just to have a good excuse to have cool people come over and yeah, hang yeah, out yeah. and talk. And then I don't know. I really like it. It's a fun time. And I love listening to podcasts, so why not make one yeah. with all the people that I know? I am worried about how my voice will sound. 
I think it's gonna I hope it's not too monotone. Anytime I listen to my voice like you know, like a voicemail or something. Yeah. Hopefully it's not like that. Maybe I just gotta sound cooler. Or, uh, Dude, cheap radio. Welcome to Aaron's podcast. <laughs> yeah, what kind of financial podcast do you listen to? What kind of stuff? Do, like, do they just talk about the stock market or right, right? No, a little, little of everything. So I, I mean, I'm a nerd. I'm a financial nerd through and through. So anything, a lot of these financial podcasts I listen to are just how to become a be- a better financial planner. So it's you know, talking about how to really talk to people. I mean, it's all, financial planning is all relationships. It's all a relationship game. Um, but then I always love, and truthfully, what I really like is just the, the strategies of stuff. So, you know, if there's some new strategy that I'm not aware about, I want to learn about it. You know, if there's any way to legally pay less tax or something like that, I am down for learning anything and everything I can. So not only does it, you know, help eventually, you know, my clients, but it's like, dude, I know something cool that no one else does. Right. I guess Being besides the, the, the people edge. that are doing it on the podcast, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you get the like early access to that information and get to implement it and figure out what you like and don't like. Yeah. What kind of different financial strategies are there? Just like choosing what to invest in or yeah, it, what it all depends on someone's situation. So Mostly what do I deal with, and so, and we'll, we'll probably talk about this more, but um, the most of the people I work with are kind of business owners, so they're trying to uh, not, they're trying to pay a lot less tax. So anything that can make them pay less tax, they're all for it. So, I mean, I, as an example, I mean, we set up a type of retirement plan that they it ended up saving them like 100K of taxes. Wow. I mean, just by, you know, implementing something. So when it comes to strategies, yeah, there's just, there's so many things. It just really depends on the person's situation. So, right. and that's, that's a big thing. What we do is we want to understand what, what they got going on, what, you know, what's their business like. Let me, let's take a look at a tax return. Let's take a look at this. Let's take a look at that. And then we can really put it together. So right. there's, there's a lot of stuff we got to gather to really get good information before we can make any type of strategy. Yeah, that type of thing. That definitely makes sense. Is there, is that one of the harder parts of being a financial planner, which is what Aaron does for a job? Yes, um, I'm a financial to... planner. <laughs> Tell me all your finances and pay me. <laughs> is that one of the more difficult things is to figure out which people in what situations need what strategy or is that pretty You know, I think, and I, and truthfully, I've done it for what? Maybe I, I've been a, uh, I've worked at the same firm for about five years, which the, the guys that I work for um, are, are accountants by trade, so they are very tax savvy. Um, but, yeah, it just, it, tell me the question again. So is one of the more <laughs> difficult parts of your job figuring out what kind of investment and tax strategies different people need in their different situations? Or is it pretty straightforward? Right. You know, it's pretty straightforward, I would say, at this point, where it's like, you give me your situation, and I already know, okay, we're going to do this, this, and this, and this. And it's going to save you this much in taxes. It's going to increase your rate of return on your investments. It's going to downside your liability for risk. So, I mean, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty standard now, just for, I would say, not to be cocky or anything, but that's just 
just how it is nowadays. Yeah. Just part of the job. Yeah. Something you pick up on. And that just comes from experience, right? Like having done it as long as you have. Just yeah. like figure out like, oh, you're in this business sector. Typically, this is what we're dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, every, everyone has a little bit of difference to it. Um, and that's where, because we've, I mean, the, the guys I work for have this accounting background. They like to deal with complex. Um, that's where we really get, that's kind of our niche is give us something hard to do so we can actually, you know, try to figure this out. So, I mean, right now we've got, uh, I mean, I won't disclose any specific client information, but there is a, a client selling his business. Um, he's going to end up netting like 6 million bucks. He's going to pay about like. Two million bucks in taxes because of this. That's disgusting. And so we're trying to. <laughs> That's absolutely disgusting. So so we're trying to figure out, you know, how do we minimize how many ta- how much tax will pay. So yeah. right now we're implementing a couple things that could really ultimately save probably about like a million bucks of tax. Wow. And that's right. Awesome. So I mean, there's there's things you can do, but. Um, anyway, so that's, I mean, that's one of many things that we kind of look at. So, yeah. How much does like the normal person that you work with pay in taxes a year, would you say <laughs> between all the different kinds of taxes? Oh my gosh. There's so much tax. Um, <laughs> oh. I mean, the big thing of what we look at is income tax just because of, you know, how much income you make and then, you know, you tax that. Um, I, I mean, I couldn't give you like an average I've. I've seen some tax returns where they are easily six digits on average. Even I've seen seven digits. Oh my gosh! Um, which is just they are very patriotic. Patriotic? Shit! How do you patriotic? say patriotic? Patriotic. They're very patriotic <laughs> people for paying that much tax. So, um, but yeah, not not necessarily. I don't have like an average, but they. Yeah, a lot. They they definitely can the pay, a lot. Work with pay a lot. Now there are some people who, the the thing is with like when you're just trying to make money and trying to like, you know, there's a saying called the 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 first million is the hardest. The reason why it's the hardest is because it's taxed, just indefinitely, so heavily. So heavily. But once you get to that million, then you can find ways to have it not be so uh, taxed so much. So, I mean, there's a there's someone who invests in this type of investment that it is federal, in, so it's tax-free, state and and federal. So he's bringing in 400k a year, tax-free. It's beautiful. That's, I love it. Yeah. Goals. <laughs> right. Yeah, that that's really cool that you're able to help people do that. Do what do you think about like people? paying that high of taxes because some would argue that that's a really bad thing and some right, would right. argue that they need to pay way more than that what do you think in oh man it's already getting political knowledge yeah um <laughs> like my my personal opinion oh man i i am very much um less less tax the better mm-hmm. uh i think though if, if you wanted to go ahead and tax billionaires, you know, to some extent, you know, some wealth tax or something. Sure. But the, the, the normal person, the normal business owner is making a couple hundred thousand. I mean, when you add in the income tax, state tax, 
payroll tax, um, sales tax, sales for, tax everything they buy. for everything, right? I mean, you're paying 50 plus percent in tax. I mean, and they're still making a couple hundred grand. I mean, it's so impressive. Yeah. So, but what that I can kill a lot of people, a lot of small businesses mm-hmm. will just absolutely right ruin right. them. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a it's a joke. Uh, but then I I guess I look at the history of tax. I mean, what back in oh before Reagan, I think taxes were at was it seventy percent was the highest income. Yeah, after rate. World War Two. Right. I mean, taxes were a lot higher back in the excuse me back in the day compared to now, but. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not. I mean, I make okayish money, so I'm not really taxed all that much. But the goal for me, in where I work, is to become a partner. Where hopefully, I well, I'll be making a lot more money. So I probably would hate taxes a lot more then. <laughs> at that point. At that point, but yeah, taxes taxes are stupid. <laughs> yeah. Is is there an air to of like? Feeling like you're doing something illegal when you're like gray area. Yeah, like when you're like, okay, well, we can lower <laughs> how much you pay here, here, and here, because that's my biggest thing. Like, I'd be terrified to do anything that's like, let me lower how much I'm paying in taxes, because I'm, because right. then I just feel like I'm painting a target on my back to get audited, and then like, no one wants to go to prison for tax evasion. I would right. assume. Right. No, there's, and I'll, I'll just give this dis- this disclaimer. I mean, this is. Uh, Go talk to your tax professional. Um, this is not advice, but you know the truth of it is, the the chances of getting not not to say go and do something stupid, but the chances of being audited are like slim, so slim. Even as a business owner, if you're making, uh, I mean, there's only some serious big things, and I can't even think of what they are right now that would really kind of be a triggering, like a red flag. Um, but if I would say if you're close, <laughs> if you're close on what you're doing, because a lot of people nowadays they just do TurboTax, yeah. they just go online and do TurboTax, and and the truth is you're just doing the best that you can with the knowledge that what you got. Not your unless unless you're deliberately trying to lie about something. lie about something, then yeah, then that's fraud, and then yeah, you'll get in trouble for <laughs> it. But you know if you're as an example, you're just starting a business or starting like a podcast. I mean, I would call that a legit, a legitimate business where why not deduct all the cost of all the mics and everything that you've done. You can just put that on what's called a schedule C and deduct it from your income. I mean, why not? Yeah. I mean, I consider that legal because what, what it comes down to is if you're ever audited, you're going to have to prove that it was legitimate. Well, you have, as long as you somewhat keep receipts or keep your bank statements showing that you bought the mics and, you know, all this stuff, you're going to be able to prove it. And, uh, yeah. That's so, really just what auditing, auditing is, is just proving that what you have on paper is what's actually supposed to be there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They make it sound so scary. Yeah. It's because a lot of people go through a lot of time in prison for that. Right. I know there was recently, uh, and it's not, I don't think Trump has confirmed it. Like supposedly his tax return came out where it's like, you've, you haven't paid like any tax for so many amount of years and blah, blah, blah and all this stuff. I'm like, dude, that's good tax planning, man. I mean, (laughs) of course you have no idea what's going on. It's your CPAs that are doing all this fancy dancing and actually saving you a ton of money. 
And the truth of it is, it's probably, I could see him being upset about it because it shows that he has all this losses because he talks about how successful he is and all this stuff. Yeah. Well, to, for to not pay tax, he's had, yeah, back in the day, losses. a huge amount of losses. So you sucked it up way back in the day and you've been able to carry those losses forward. So, yeah, it was some good tax planning and some bad, poor business moves. But, hey, I mean, good, good for their CPA, man. Yeah. So why did you say generally the less tax the better? What's your opinion on that? Um, I I believe in what is it trickle economics or trickle down trickle down economics. I mean, uh, you look at someone. I mean, Jeff Bezos gets a lot of crap um, for you know with with his situation. The truth is, and I think I think someone asked him like, hey. You're now, I mean, I can't remember how many billions of dollars he is. It's like, do you think that's fair, you know, and all this crap? And I think it's a good response. Yeah, it's like 100. I I can't. Just give me like 1% of that. Yeah, yeah. Just one billion would be so happy. Right, right. But, I mean, you look. So so some reporter asked him then, like, you know, hey, isn't that unfair and all this crap? And and he had a good response. I can't remember exactly, and I'll butcher it, but he basically said, yeah, you know, I am worth that much, but you realize I am not all of Amazon. I only owe like a small portion of it. I helped make these other people this much richer. So much money. Right. And employ so and employ many people. So many people. And yeah, there's crap about, you know, his warehouses and blah, blah, blah. But I dude, don't think there's a single, to my knowledge, I don't know that Amazon pays anybody minimum wage. Right, it's like fifteen bucks an hour or something. Yeah, it's because I when I got laid off in Texas, that was there's a fulfillment center in San Marcos, like an hour away from where we live, and it was like thirteen there. And I was like, that's just starting. Yeah, starting at thirteen. I was like, that's that's appealing. But like, I've heard anecdotally, like the conditions are like you got to be like moving, moving, moving. Right, right. No, it's not like a thinking job. It's a yeah. Yeah, work work hard, fast. Crank out orders, yeah. jobs, yeah. and stuff. But it's also, like, nice to be working somewhere where it's, like, you're guaranteed a paycheck as long as you show up. Yeah. You don't have to worry about, like, is this company going to be here next year? Or are they going to, like... Right, right. You know? Or making any, like, big decisions, really. You just go clock in, do yeah. your job and clock out and go home. And yeah. You don't have to worry about, right, right. like, what Amazon's doing. It's a completely different world, I yeah. would imagine, from... Yeah. Working at a small business. Yeah, and I bet by and large that job you can like listen to podcasts and kind of, you know, right. like occupy your own headspace and not have to yeah. be like crunching numbers and stuff all no, the time. No, when, you know, when I first, my first like kind of job that I had, I just worked at Farmer's Market in Lavurkin, Utah, where I was just a grocer guy, right? So before my mission, I was working there, I just worked nights, and all I did was, I mean, the the groceries were able to come in and I go through stock shelves all night. I would just put in my headphones and just crank it out. I mean, that's, that's what you did. You didn't have to think, you didn't have to think you just got it done. I remember this was on my iPod shuffle <laughs> where, uh, I, it was like Bill Cosby, I like downloaded Bill Cosby's like comedy. And at the time, it was like really, really funny. That didn't age well. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it no, it didn't. Pre no, it finding did. out about all the drugging and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's I've worked at some jobs where you can do that too. I worked at a, a disaster cleanup job where we would just go in and pack out people's houses. Yeah, and it was yeah. I would, that's when I first 
really started to get into podcasts was I would just throw on my headphones and put on a podcast and yeah. then just pack up a room like Jeez. pack everything and wrap it up in paper and stick it in a box and yeah. load it in the trailer yeah same thing here when i was working in texas yeah. before i moved just just production factory and like there'd be days where it's a lot of measurements and like math yeah and then but once you're on like crunch it out day you just like get all your material no one bug me ba 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 and then just stay hydrated it was great <laughs> sometimes sometimes i miss that type of work you know it's like just leave me alone let me do my work and you know just let let me do my thing and then just get out of there but right now yeah, now i yeah it's perks not to both yeah right there's perks to both i i mean what was i getting paid i was getting paid i mean this was 2007 guys i'm aging myself 2007 grocery store i was making 10 bucks an hour and i was like pumped like i was so excited <laughs> making 10 bucks an hour and it usually, I guess, working nights, it got you got like an extra dollar an hour or something, right? But sorry. Um, so I mean, I was I was like super excited. But. Yeah, and that was when you were in high school, so that's like yeah, right out of high school, right yeah, out of high school, that's was making ten bucks an hour. Pretty decent money for <laughs> just being out of high school. That's how I was. I was clearing four hundred dollars every two weeks in and out. I was making like ten, eleven dollars an hour. And I'm yeah. Like, I'll cover the bill, guys. Big, big baller, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The only problem is, like, working nights, I mean, I turned into, like, a vampire, man. I didn't didn't get as much sun, um, and then you'd just be so tired that you just didn't want to get up, like, ever. Ever. You know, it's hard to go to sleep because it's, like, the sun's coming up, you got to go to bed, and then I would just stay in bed all day until I had to go to work. Oh, it was... I... I uh, I never want to do that again. But I, I, I mean, the people that do it, I mean, congrats. I don't know. Good, good luck. <laughs> Thank you. Good for you. Good, good for you. Yeah, it it takes a certain type of animal to run nights. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Not one yeah. Of those people. I've worked. I've never worked like a night shift, but I've worked like late shifts that go until two, three, four in the yeah. morning, or then have gone into work at three or four. Sometimes like two in the morning, yeah. Yeah. depending on the day. Yeah, and I, that's yeah, not fun at all. Yeah. yeah, I think I've only worked one like closing shift when I was in and out, and I went home like got home at three, like showered and everything, in bed by like three thirty. I was like, I don't think I ever want to do that again. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's it's no fun. But, yeah, well, like it's no fun. Swing shifts are like a completely different animal. Like when my dad was working at the mine. It'd be like three days on for day, three or four on for day, yeah. and then the opposite off to like switch your sleep schedule, dude. And yeah, then I don't know how that works. Nights unhealthy. Oh, it's yeah, totally so wildly, wildly unhealthy. unhealthy. Wildly unhealthy. How do you? Yeah, it's like you can't function. Yeah. I know. So for for me, when I I mean, because it was like five nights a week, working from like eleven to seven at night, and then I would try to like Friday, try to stay up. Until Friday night, and then go to bed and try to readjust, but it, I mean, you couldn't. It never worked. Yeah, it would yeah. just never work out. And so, I mean, you're just constantly groggy all weekend. It was, jeez, it was not fun. And were you doing that while you were throwing in high school? So no, no, no. So yeah, I, I was working at the store, but I wasn't working nights and not not full time. Oh, okay. so, um, but that's, I mean, I was definitely working a lot. So. I mean, I mean, I grew up. I didn't really have 
my parents didn't have much money. I mean, my dad was a was a custodian. My mom was part time teacher, and so I mean, if we if we wanted to go get something, you you figured out how to pay for it. So, I mean, to have like a vehicle, which they did pay for insurance, which was nice, but to put gas in it, and, you know, maintenance that type of thing. I mean, I had to pay for it. So like my my senior year. Um, I had two jobs. I had a morning job from like five to seven. Then I would just go vacuum, um, just a, an elementary school for like two hours. Go to school, go do my sport, whatever it was, and then I would go stock shelves for you know an hour, a couple hours, or something like that, and then just get up and do it again. I mean, that yes. was like my whole senior oh, year. Man. That's hardcore for a high school <laughs> kid to be doing. Especially like doing sports, and then you went on to play or to throw in college, like right. at a D one collegiate level. Yeah, it was that a big deal. Shot put, right? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I could, I could. So some people were smart to get into school. I could throw a big heavy ball. That's how I got into college. <laughs> they call me the human cannon. <laughs> did you throw discus as well? I did. Yeah, discus didn't. Yeah, uh, and you know, in high school it was shot put and discus. Javelin was in Utah. You can do javelin, um, but I sucked at javelin. It was either like it's hit and miss with javelin. I think you either got it or you don't. My shoulder did not have it, so but I did shot put, discus. I I had a like one of my best friends kind of messed around with it when he was like in eighth grade, and I just kind of messed around with it too. There was like some competition that like the middle school was doing, like like a track thing. And I wanted to throw shot put just to try it out. And at eighth grade, it's like an eight pound ball. So I grabbed a dumbbell, a 10 pound dumbbell, and just threw it in the backyard for like all week. <laughs> I just went in the backyard. I had no idea what I was doing, but it's like, this is fun. You know, just throwing a big heavy thing as far as I can. Ruining the irrigation. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, it was old dirt. It was old dirt, right? Yeah. So um, actually, I think I put a tarp. I think I'm blue, like a blue tarp, but I mean, there's all these craters and everything yeah. in the dirt. Um, but I did that all week, and then I, and then it was like competition just from like our middle school, but I won it. I'm like, hey, I kind of want to keep doing this. But it did conflict with baseball. Baseball goes at the same time. I mean, that's that's what I did. I mean, that's what my dad did. That's what, I mean, my dad put in a lot of money into baseball. Um, I mean, I had private batting lessons. I had, you know, this and that. And I was, I was good at baseball, but I didn't enjoy it as much as throwing a big heavy ball. Right. That was, that was one of the toughest, um, what discussions I've ever had in my life. What was that? Is that a peck dance? No, kind of. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> dancing, dancing titties right there. Oh boy. Um, no, sorry. Distracted. Um, no, that was, that was probably one of the, uh, can I say that? Yeah, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> say whatever you're comfortable with having other people here. <laughs> um, that, so that was one of the hardest discussions I, I've ever had was telling my dad that I was quitting baseball. Like, right, that was just, that was just tough. Because he, he just didn't get it. It's like, you're going to go do what? You're going to go throw a big heavy ball? I mean, what? why can't you throw Instead a, a softer ball and just, the you know? greatest sport known to man. Right, baseball. How dare you? Yeah, I mean, and it was, it was tough. Uh, I think for a little bit between between us, but I I had it in my mind. It's like I'm I'm gonna prove you why I'm doing it, and so I mean I I spent you know freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. I I mean not only in season but out of season. I was constantly throwing, trying to get it as good as I can, watching 
what I would do at like lunch on high school, which is so dumb weird, is I would go watch people like on YouTube just throw. And so I would try to mimic them. And so, I mean, that's how I eventually kind of got better and kind of learned a couple things. And, and I had a really good coach too. And, uh, you know, that was helping me, but it ended up like working out. I mean, I got scholarships and, you know, was able to go where I wanted to. I, I remember specifically my senior year. Um, well, I was, so let me back up. So I was fat. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I played, I played basketball, basketball. So it was baseball and basketball are my favorite things to do. Well, besides shot put and whiskers. Um, I played basketball uh, freshman, sophomore, and senior year. Junior year, I took it off and just focused on throwing, which really junior year is kind of when the colleges will look at you, so I really wanted to get out there. But I gained a lot of weight, not a lot of muscle. Um, I was like, I don't know, 240-something, just kind of chubby. Um, but I was like, I was determined. I was talking to the basketball coach. I'm like, hey, I want to play basketball again my senior year. He's like, dude, if you do, you're going to have to lose like 40 pounds. And so I was determined to lose 40 pounds. I ended up losing just like 35, 40 pounds. But so I, so I got, got thin enough to join the basketball team, made the team. Um, and I got, I got frustrated with the coach and you know how the bureaucracy of just small towns. Yeah. You've been victim of that, haven't you? Yeah, I mean everybody that plays any sport in yeah. a small town experiences it's a joke. this. It's, some it is not me. I quit. Yeah. <laughs> no, and the, so the 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 coach's son was a sophomore, and he was constantly playing above me. And it's like this is this isn't fun, you know. I'm and it was I was I good? I was okay. I was okay. I was actually one of the guys that, um, even though I'm kind of mild mannered, um, basketball was not mild mannered for me. I mean, I would, I. Apparently, I got thrown out of a game for throwing somebody. Really? Yeah. I, I just, I, when imagine. you're in the moment, yeah. there's all oh, those hormones when you're, you know, younger and stuff and all that testosterone. And I, it wasn't, and maybe it was intentional, but um, <laughs> yeah, those, anyway. But uh, I remember, I remember going into the coach, going to the coach and be like, I'm, I'm quitting. I'm like, I, I want to focus on throwing. I'm not getting the playing time like I thought I did. And I remember him, and I still remember to this day, he's like, if you quit here, you'll quit in the real world. And I'm like, you know, F you. <laughs> take, take that, coach. Right, right. And it's like, I ended up being, I think, the only um, kid from my, and I, I had a fairly, well, it's Hurricane, right? Right. It's not that big a school, but I think I was the only uh, uh, guy athlete that got any type of scholarship. Really? To go compete anywhere. Wow. So it's like, yeah, that sucks. Anyway. That's so, really uh, cool. But it, I think for me, I mean, it really just comes down to like work ethic. I mean, focusing on something. And that's, that's what my, my dad worked his ass off. I mean, he, he didn't make much money, but usually he was working two or three jobs. He always made time for me, especially with sports. Um, there's a lot of times where, so, I mean, he worked for the church, just cleaning churches, mm-hmm. which at the, I mean, is it prestigious? No, not at all. But I had an open gym anytime I wanted to, which was great. Yeah, um, it was handy. Right. We we had that. My dad was in charge of walking up the church. And yeah. we, we lived literally a stone's throw away. Like, our backyard met with, like, the church's softball field. And there was, like, a little gory area behind it that we just, like, 
cut a path walking to like church mutual. Yeah. So we would like go to church and like do whatever. Like yeah. he would just make us lock it up. It was great. Yeah. So yeah, it was great to kind of have that that free access to to kind of do do what I wanted. So, but I mean, he sorry work ethic is that what I was talking about? Yeah. Um, yeah. I so I, it was ingrained in me to, like if I ever wanted something, I've got to work for it. Whether that's myself having, I mean, senior year I had two jobs. Uh, after the mission, I got home and I was when you're when you're an athlete. And, and I would say UVU was a little bit more lax. And track is a little bit more lax. But it was still a part-time job. I mean, there's still 20 hours a week where I was having to work out two times a, two hours a day and then throw two hours a day. So, I mean, yeah, 20 hours. And then I always had some type of part-time job. So, if I, I was like part-time, what? So, full-time athlete and then part-time I was working 20, 30 hours a week at a grocery store. Uh, and then full time student too. Yeah, and full time student, and I just and that's just what it was ingrained in me. That's just what you did, and uh, I mean, I feel bad kind of for Danielle. Um, Danielle is my wife. She's great. Um, she she probably didn't see me all that often. I mean, I, that's just that's just there were sometimes. So once once I was done being an athlete, and I kind of I got an injury, so I ended up like having my season was cut short. I only competed really two and a half years instead of the full four. Um, but once that quit, I went full time. So I was working actually at E Trade, E Trade. You know the baby commercials places. Yeah. They had a place up in Sandy, so I'd be working 40, 45 hours a week there, and then come on down to UVU and of course working or uh, being a student full time. So it was, I mean, I would get up at like seven and I'd get home at like eight or nine at night, and then just do it all over again. Yeah. And by that time, I was almost to like having my first kid. So it was, it was crazy. <laughs> I, I think of like my work ethic now is almost kind of sloppy. Like I work from eight to five and that's like, then I'm done. It's like, oh my gosh, this is pretty, pretty easy. cushy. Yeah. But that, I, that's I sh- what you worked for, right? Right. That's what you work for. Good job and, yeah. And you still, you work out, right? Or yes. I'm on the workout thing again. So good, um, <laughs> good for you. Right. Ever since, um, it was interesting when I first competed in college, I weighed like 210, which for a college thrower is small. That's and I and I couldn't gain any weight, but then I couldn't afford any food, so I literally would like, oh my hell! So <laughs> just to get calories, I would I have a I had a crock pot that my mom gave me, and I would cook beans and rice. Literally, it was just beans and rice. I didn't have the only flavor I had was like salsa. It's like put that in there just to get calories in me, and it was and I so I could never gain any weight. Well, how um, many calories are you burning a day throwing? Like it's got to be astronomical. Well, uh, throwing wasn't wasn't too bad because I mean it's just it's short bursts of energy, right? But, but then you would go too, you right? would go lift for two hours and yeah. and the workouts, man. I there was the the workouts that we had. Well, I had a couple coaches, which kind of sucked, but because usually you want just one coach with one kind of set of how he does things. The the first coach I had, technically, when it came to the technical throw, was the best ever. He's the current coach at BYU right now, Nick Arrhenius. Smartest guy when it came come to throwing, but how he trained was how he learned how, how he trained, which was literally lifting like six times a week, which I was the strongest I've ever been, but everyone got injured. 
I mean, everyone got injured because it was yeah. just too much on your body. Yeah, you have he to was, have a recovery day or yeah. a couple recovery yeah. days. So yeah, there was, there too, was so. no recovery days. I mean, he was saying, you know, you should be taking creatine five times a day. Holy it's like, dude, shit. I would just crap it out. There's no way. My body couldn't absorb that much. No. I mean, so then I got to, I mean, I was, damn, I was strong. So I was like 260. I mean, I got up to like a 500 squat, 400 bench, 300 Jeez. clean. And then that was then the goal was to kind of maintain there, um, but then I just I mean everyone got injured because of just everyone was just working out too hard. So, um, but going back to being fat, so I got up to <laughs> I got up to that two sixty amount, and I never could get rid of it. And so after I left college, I mean I wasn't working out, and I kind of I mean what it's been like eight years now since I actually threw, but like off and on I've been been kind of working out i mean i got down the lowest i've ever got down is maybe like 245 i've been as high as 290 it just fluctuates but right now i got a excuse me i had an annual physical that was like dude you gotta stop being fat and so <laughs> um, isn't that like literally what the doctor said no like no that. but i it's a it's a new doctor and i actually was referred to him and, and he was he was way cool he was like, dude, what's the plan? I mean, we've got to make some changes here. I was like, okay. So, I mean, this is what I've been thinking. It's like, hey, I'll give you a month, and then we're going to you know, relook at everything. So right now, yes, I'm working out five, six times a week, which, like, you're, it's hard, right? But your body remembers. And I, I used to love lifting. I mean, yeah. I was definitely probably more of a meathead in high school because, I, I mean, we went to, like, an A-B schedule my senior year. So, like, I had a free period, A period, B period. I was just in the weight room. I mean, I would just go lift because it was, it was fun. Right? It's so, yeah. And it's it was, a good feeling when you do it. I haven't done it yet. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't actually lifted since high school, but I, I lifted a lot in high school playing football and yeah. baseball. And... Yeah. When me and Connor were working out a bunch, like, that's – I miss it. Our, we just moved. Our old place had a gym. And yeah. before school, like, when we had, like, a pretty consistent work schedule – like, we're like, oh, yeah, get off work, we'll work out for a couple hours. But, like, now school is kind of yeah. taking over. But, yeah. I, I, well, I wouldn't want to work out with Connor, man. He'd make me look real bad. He's intense. He's, he's so he's too sexy. shredded. He is, yeah. I, I've i never seen somebody with more toned every muscle on their body. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I've never felt, like, embarrassed when I'm in the same weight room as him. But, like, yeah. everyone knows that, like, who's the fat friend. <laughs> and he's, like... I think he weighs 160 pounds, so he's a smaller guy than me, yeah. but he can yeah. move some weight around. He's pretty freaking strong for the size that he is. Good for him, man. Best. He's, oh, he's <laughs> so so cool. what do you do now? Do you do, like, cardio stuff? Yeah, so I – and I'm, I mean, kind of trying to the, – the, the idea is to just get in the habit of it again. And so right now it's, I probably do a half an hour of some type of strength training then a half an hour of cardio. And that's that seems to work for me. And I've I've got certain workouts that I've done for forever. There's um, that that I like doing. So I'll have certain days that I'll do certain lifting stuff. There's the one day that I brought a friend to do it with me, and he ended up throwing up. So I <laughs> um, but it's basically all it is that, and it's it's my hardest workout. You know what an actual like clean is? Yeah. Well, you just divide it up. You do you deadlift it, take a break. You do snatch it, and then you press For it. For reps, or like you do one. You do you just do like 
10 reps of deadlift, take a break. Okay. And then, so it's it's like, it's the whole version of it, but you're just taking it in steps. Individually. Yeah, and you do, you do like sets of 10 for like four, four sets of 10, and you're dead. Yeah, well, what kind of weight are you pushing on? I mean, right, well, that's bad. Um, 350. No, hell no. Um, <laughs> uh, 115. <laughs> that's about all I, I mean, can do right now, yeah. But yeah, doing 10 reps for three sets of each one of those, like... Yeah, it, it kills you. Yeah. I mean, it's... That's and brutal. The, when I lift, when I'm lifting, I want to, I don't want to give myself a lot of time to recover just because I want it to be more of like a cardio type workout. So, I mean, I mean, it was sad when I first, again, started lifting again in like bench. I mean, bench used to be my favorite, right? Because I could, I mean, I had big boobs, so I could yeah. just push, I could push pounds. 400 plus pounds, right? Now I, I put on, it's like 245s, it's like 135. I can bust up still 20, 30 reps yeah. in at Danny's house. Yeah. But if you ask me about a minute later to do five, I mean, it's gone. I yeah. mean, I'm gassed. Toasty. There's like nothing in the tank. It, it makes me pretty sad. Have you tried <laughs> to max out your bench recently in the um, recent years? You know, I would say about a year, year and a half ago, I did max out. So I've got a couple brothers who are pretty into lifting. I mean, all for some, all for for some some reason, all my brothers went the military route. So, I mean... My older brother and my younger brother were, sorry, were Marines. Um, and then my younger brother's in the Army right now. Um, so they're all into fitness and all that stuff, all into guns, uh, fitness and guns. But we had a contest, I think it was Thanksgiving or Christmas, and my older brother kicked my trash. But I wasn't working out at the time. Yeah. And I was working out at the time, and I could day. still put up like 250, 260. Oh, but wow. But it, it hurt. I yeah. Mean, yeah, I, I did something. That's a lot um, of weight to press when you haven't done anything. Like, that's yeah, that was, a, way more than a normal person could do. Well, it's like i got to be able to at least bench my weight, and it's yeah. where I feel stupid. I'm going to get teased regardless. I might as well minimize how much teasing I'm going to deal with. <laughs> right, right. So so with your new, like, working out and all, do you diet in conjunction with that? Um, Not really. Well, so uh, I am the... I am trying to cut artificial sugar, so which has been I've been pretty good at it so far. Uh, the big thing right now is no soda, which uh, that's why I'm having this drink, which is yummy. You like soda, right? Yeah, and the the problem is if it's if it's available, I'll drink a ton of it. Excuse me, but um, yeah, so no soda and then no eating beyond six thirty, which has Ooh. been. Because I like the snack eat, man, like before bed, watching TV. Dude, oh, watching TV is so hard not yeah. to eat while you're doing it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like training your body, man, to like readjust. It's been interesting. So, but so far, so good. I mean, I have, I, and and I, I've only been on this now for probably like three weeks now. But, I mean, the goal is to, to keep doing it, right? I mean, yeah. so hopefully, fingers crossed, knock on wood, I'll doing it yeah because i had really good results uh before i moved here i was like a really strict keto and um oh intermittent fasting diet like no no bread no carbs whatsoever like no sweets which hurts the most because i have the biggest sweet tooth and like you have to really pick like what you're eating because like everything's breaded yeah like that's the most carbs i would usually get it's just like dealing with like chicken nuggets like i'll just handle the breading and then like 
my and I had like a strict cutoff, like eight o'clock, nothing. I remember like I was pissed off because I came home at like eight o five and I was like, nope, nope, the rules, the rules, the rule. I'm going hungry tonight. And <laughs> yeah, that just makes you hungry yeah. like all night. Yeah, and so I'm just going to bed. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think I was like, I'm taking a shower. I'm going to bed. Don't talk to me. <laughs> and like, and how much weight did you lose? What were you at at your biggest? I in Texas probably like in the two fifteens. I wasn't very big because I was working like a hard job. Yeah, but I hit I hit one ninety. I think I was in the one eighties. And then my mom kind of got worried because I would like come home from work and weigh myself, and I'd probably weigh myself again later that night. Yeah. <laughs> like I just got it like. I'm obsessed with losing weight. Yeah, I just got like so fascinated. I was like, oh, dude, I can drop two pounds tomorrow if I throw up for lunch. Yeah. I remember when you moved back here, it, you were, yeah, looking really good. One, yeah, I got like 190. Yeah, I got in a relationship and then I didn't have to keep up the facade anymore. Yeah, when I moved just, here to St. George, I was weighing 190 as well. Yeah. And, uh, here I am, fifty pounds later. Yeah, you and I got, got kind some, of in a. You got some good women. That's all. Yeah, yeah we, good cook. Kind of got into a fat race, you and me. Yeah, dude, we need to get into a get our ass in shape race. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm still there, man. Trying to get out of it, right? Trying to get out of it. Yeah. So what what got you interested in like doing work in the financial sector? No, good question. Um, so I. Uh, I took a class in college, just a personal finance class, and it kind of opened my eyes first. That was the first thing that opened up my eyes of how money could can kind of work for you or against you. And I always liked the concept of money and investing and all that type of stuff. Um, my mom, uh, when I got when I got home off my mission and after a couple of years, my mom had a financial planner who and. To his credit, I think he was trying to do what was best. The truth is he sucked. I mean, <laughs> he literally puts my mom into some product. He was a salesman. I mean, he was oh. a pure salesman. And that's that's a problem with the financial industry is it's very it has been very sales related. Now it's a big movement and not being, you know, getting away, away from that sales movement. But I mean, she paid way too much tax than she should have. And she paid way too many fees. And so it was just, it was a joke. I mean, it pissed me off when I finally, when I finally understood what he was actually, what he actually did. I'm like, like, mom, you could go back and get this guy in huge trouble. And of course my mom being the saint that she's like, Oh no, you know, I'm not going to, not going to do that. But, um, that was kind of the, the triggering event of like, look, someone there's needed, there needs to be better people doing this and they're doing it for the right reasons um there's there's certain standards in the financial industry there's a suitability standard and like um holy cow i should know this suitability and the other one which is what i am which why the hell can i not think of right now uh fiduciary my hell sorry fiduciary standard fiduciary standard is i have to do what's best for you or you can legally sue me Suitability is not near that. It's basically, hey, this suits you, deal with it, and you can't. I mean, you could try to sue me, but it's never going to pan out. So, how do how do they differentiate between those two? And then, how can you prove, like, in order to sue somebody, you have to take them to court and prove what they did? Isn't 
like what's best for you a subjective thing like, oh yeah not yeah. really an objective no and there's there's certain thing. ways and it's and and truthfully it's pretty obvious whether it's not whether you are or not there's there's a website called brokercheck.com that you can actually go in type a financial advisor and you can see kind of their history of you know who they work for um how long they work for them what's their credentials do they have any disputes against so that's and i should say that is the suitability standard um, so you can go on the broker check and find all that stuff out. Um, the other method, fiduciary, where, and sorry, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not answering the question. Say the question again. I went on a rant. Did you, are you typing my name in? Yeah, I'm looking for you. <laughs> what was the second part of your question? The There's differentiation. Like, it, I mean, I think it's usually nowadays it's pretty obvious where you either put them in some type of financial product that and and how it usually works is the client will say hey look um this was not suitable for me here's the reasons why they will complain to the uh what is it the sec or is that you yeah that's me oh we're gonna learn about you today (laughs) so i i'm probably not on there i probably have a very short history just because i'm on the uh the not I'm an, I work for like what's called an RA, Registered Investment Advisory Firm, which is that fiduciary standard. So this is more of back in the day. It probably shows my past history of like E-Trade and stuff like that. But so basically I upgraded. I upgraded to do what was, I feel, more be- better more, for better the people for that the, you're working yeah, for. Yeah. Um, which, is, which has been good. I mean, I get... You know, when people ask you, what's your purpose in life? Um, sure, there's there's God and all that stuff. But, um, you know, I find real purpose in, like, helping people financially. I know that sounds kind of weird, but or I don't know if that's weird or not. But I, I found my purpose, yeah, and that's that kind of helps fulfill my purpose. Yeah, I feel like doing things that you feel are benefiting other people or helping other people definitely increases your job satisfaction and makes you yeah. want to do what you're doing. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. I haven't really had that experience with work yet. <laughs> yeah, I've had I've had experiences like that. Like uh especially when I was in Texas, like being part of something greater. Like and I always get this feeling like it's really like a weird nostalgic feeling when I see the rigs that we've built like in the wild. Yeah. Like we'll just see them like parked on the side of the highway like there's a good chance there's parts on that that I made. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. There's some real satisfaction with that. Yeah. No, no yeah. I get that. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a big deal. I think um, a lot of times people get hung up on one, one of the questions I'd like to ask people, because what money, money isn't everything. Um, money serves a purpose. Um, one of the questions I ask, or I'd like to ask is, you know, why do you work so hard? You know, what, what is the point of working so hard? What are you trying to accomplish? Because a lot of people, you know, when I'm dealing with, I usually deal with kind of older people or the big thing in the sky is, hey, I want to retire someday. Well, they don't, they have no idea what retirement means or what it even looks like. Uh, I mean, have, have you guys ever thought about retirement, what that looks like? Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you want to know what it looks like? Yeah. What, is, what, do you th- so, what is retirement to you? When I retire from, I want to be a dentist and I want to like run dental practices. 
And then when I retire from that, ideally, I would want to teach, like, some kind of high school, like, auto shop class or something along yeah. those lines. And then just spend time with my grandkids, teaching them, you know, stuff about cars, motorcycles, hunting, fishing. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Just spending time with family as much as I can and then doing what I doing everything that I can to pass down my knowledge at that point to a younger generation yeah. is what I want to do with retirement. That is a good answer. It's a really good retirement. What's yours? Right. Well, mine originally, I feel like, and this is everyone's, was like Margarita Beach. <laughs> and like, I think that is golfing cool. five days a week. Yeah, yeah like oh, for yeah. sure I'm golfing. I've, <laughs> I've uncovered a love for golf that I didn't know existed. <laughs> I definitely want to be more of a fishing old guy than a golf oh, old yeah, guy. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't love golf old guys, but I do love golf. So yeah. it's like a weird balance. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I've, I've definitely come around to, like, for retirement for me is not going to be, like, a vacation. I definitely want – I don't want to, like, retire with, like, trillions of dollars. Yeah. Like, that'd be great and all. But I definitely want to have, like, a good leg to stand on. Yeah. And to be able to, like – handle what life throws at me from there like yeah it's kind of like yeah no i get it so what it comes down to for me what i've kind of discovered is it's all about flexibility i mean i want i want to have enough assets producing enough cash for me that i don't have to worry about where my next meal is coming from so whatever that takes whatever it is to have me be flexible that's that's what i want and then and truthfully i mean i've kind of found what I love to do, which is financial planning. Um, there's certain aspects that I do hate. There's certain aspects I like. So hopefully if I become richer and stuff, I can kind of pay other people to worry about the stupid work, which is paperwork. There's still yeah. so much paperwork. Um, where I can just worry about the strategic and the relationship. And then if, if I'm doing that, why, why the hell would I retire? I right. mean, I look at my, my big boss, who's seriously 73 years old. He loves what he does. He's making more money than he's ever done. Why, why the hell would you ever retire? Yeah. yeah. He's found his purpose. He's making a ton of money doing it. Yeah, there's no no point in retire. He is in retirement. This is retirement yeah. to him. Yeah, yeah. I for sure want to be able to work. Like, ideally, I become really good at dentistry. Yeah. Like, I want to be able to work because I want to. Like, because I love yes, working exactly. with teeth and doing that. And being like this old, really talented dentist. Like, bop, 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 bop. And not because I have to. Because I've worked with people that, like, I worked with this guy that had to come. I don't think he had to come out of retirement. But his retirement got, like, sniped out from underneath him when oh, yeah. the 08 crisis hit. Oh, yeah. And, so, yeah, and he's like, it's, it's, yeah, I don't want that. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, you've got to, you, that's, we do a lot of, I mean, as, as a planner, you really do a lot of hand-holding. To make sure someone doesn't make that big mistake, you of know, pulling out while the of, market's of in and out when they should be staying the course. Um, no, because uh, with with investments in general, it's it's about looking for the long term perspective. Staying when things are rough, it's really things are at a discount. I mean, when do you when do you buy it? When you go to the grocery store? Well, I go to the grocery store no matter what, but. There's stuff on sale. Go get it. Like, what, what is today? Amazon? You got some good deals? That's yeah. when you go shopping. Same thing with the market. The market, 100% of the time, has come back up. How long does it take to come back up? It does change. I, this was an interesting year because of COVID and everything. But on average, when I think when I say the stock market, I mean, it's 
people just have this weird interpretation of what the stock market is. It's what it is. Is it's real companies that have real people that are working to do to make real products and services to make the world a better place. Um, it's not. It's not going away. Um, but on average, the market goes down about 33% every five years. It did that to the T this past year. I mean, exactly. Um, and it's actually, if someone, do you think the market's up right now? Up from? From, from year to date. Year to date. Do you think it's up or down? Uh, I would say up. I, from I January? Think, yeah, from January. It was down 34% March 23rd. I would say it's recovered, but I wouldn't say it's like up a significant amount. Right. So it is up shoot, six or seven percent, like oh. as of today. Yeah, so not like a ton, but it's well. Yeah, you're still fully recovered. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I mean, it's you just got to stay the course when it comes to that crap. Yeah. Don't look at your yeah. Don't look at your investments. <laughs> just let forget about it. Yeah, yeah that's why that's, I tell people just don't look at it. Yeah. I I heard some investing advice on another podcast and it was two comedians just talking shit <laughs> and i it sounds like pretty good advice the guy was saying buy high yield uh, yeah high yield, yield bonds like high yield ETFs and stuff high yield ETFs and then all of the returns you get reinvest into those or like obviously you're going to buy that like uh yeah from what has like a good history but all your returns invest back into there. Yeah, dividend reinvestment. Yeah, it's called. No, that's. I mean, what I would tell a general person is to invest in an ETF, like something. The S and P five hundred is an index that tracks the five hundred largest companies in the U.S. Go buy that ETF. Reinvest the dividends that come in. I mean, that has done throughout the history of time about like 11 percent, which is which is a great rate of return a year. And, yeah, on I mean on average every year. Yeah, like, so that's not that much. It's good, but it's not <laughs> ten well, for its lifetime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if you look at the power of compound interest, I mean, ten percent. If I could pull some math on you, let's do it. <laughs> what does so? I mean, there's speaking. Of, I mean, we were talking about strategies. One of the the strategies that I freaking love is if you can somehow get a kid, a couple years old, whatever. To have earned income, you can fund what's called a Roth IRA. A Roth IRA is, um, you, you, it grows tax-free. You never have to pay tax on it. So if you, let's say you had a kid, um, where I've seen it is like if they did like a photo shoot thing for like a diaper commercial or something, some crap. You know, I'm trying to somehow have my kid do that, right? <laughs> let's say he's probably paid like just $5,000 one time. Sorry, $5,000. Do that rate of return of 10%. Let's say he retires at 60. So wait, he's zero, zero years old. He retires at 60. Um, that 5000 turns into $15 million. Holy That's boy. a good reason to want him to do that. <laughs> right? It's, it's all it about has to be earned income. Right, you would need you would need earned income. And there's, there's some strategies along that. But if you've got, if you're self-employed, Dude, there's oh my gosh, there's so much fun stuff you can do. I my my favorite people to work with are self-employed, where they don't have employees. They just have maybe them and their spouse, and then they've got kids where they can kind of add to the business, quote unquote. Um, where you can get a lot of deductions, lower your income, have a kid go into a Roth, something like this. 
Because it's, I mean, if you could fund something like that, just, and that was just one time, $5,000 payment, wait 60 years, which, I mean, if you look at it though, I, let's say 50 years, this is where time comes into play. It's only 5.8 million. So the compound interest uh, added 10, 10 million. You go to 40 years, it's 2.2 million. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, that's, that's still 70 2 million. Let's say 30 years. So let's say he does it when he's like a newborn, you give him to him when he's 30. That's still eight hundred grand, right? Jeez. Yeah, you can. And that's do why that. just put it in. Don't touch it. Don't look at it for thirty years. Don't think about it. Right, it turns into that. <laughs> that's. I mean, there's there's kind of some rules that I tell people is there the three S's. I'm sorry, I'm way far away. Three S's. You got um, spend less than you make, save as much as you can, and then don't do anything stupid. <laughs> if you do something stupid, go talk to someone who knows what you're doing. Not good either. In any of those. <laughs> either of those. Things. In either of those. Right. I, the math part is bad. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's interesting. I, I love dealing with like high net worth people because they've got some kind of com- really complex stuff where it's like you really got to get in there and find out what's going on. But I find just as much fun dealing with the people that really don't have much going on where they're just trying to figure out, hey, how do I increase my cash flow, man? I mean, I'm, I'm negative right now. I mean, I, I love dealing with those people, too. Um, the problem is you just don't get paid from those people because they can't even afford to no. to do it. But He's talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> would you get paid in the future from those people, though? Like, Right. That would that'd be kind of the plan. It's like, hey, I help you out now, and then, hey, you set, set them up right. Um, then hopefully down the road they will be able to invest with you. There's, there's kind of this movement in financial planning where it was very sales-related. Then it moved to what is called assets under management, where you invest with me, I'll take a percent, right? Which is which is what my firm is. And there's there's a lot of pros with that. There's of course some cons with that as well. The next kind of our kind of more our generation is moving to what is called like a recurring fee, where or like a monthly subscription, where it's like, hey, um, we'll help you with all these financial planning stuff, and I'll charge you twenty five fifty bucks a month, and we'll take care of like all your finance stuff. Um, which is there is a lot of financial planner, younger financial planners that are kind of going into that market, which is pretty yeah. interesting, um, and it's and it works out. I mean, I've I, I haven't we don't do that at, at my company right now right now, um, but it's pretty interesting that you know you could do that. I was, you know, if I if I could help someone when I just look at it was it was a couple of months ago I was just looking at someone's. A pay stub, and just by looking at their pay stub and their tax return, I'm like, you could save. No, I looked at their pay stub, their tax return, and their insurances. I think it was just car insurance and stuff. Just by shopping it and just by changing things on the pay stub, I was able to free up like 300 bucks a month, which like is night and day to a lot of people. Yeah, that's a paycheck. Because it was right. I mean, it's it's a paycheck. Which I mean, I I get just as much satisfaction doing that than working with these high net worth people. You just, you don't get paid the same. So, and it it makes it tough because then someone who's, you know, trying to get by, I mean, what kind of good advice are they really getting? They're going to their family who really probably shouldn't be telling them anything. Or they're going to some salesperson who's just going to sell them some life insurance that they don't need. It's, yeah, it's kind of this tough, tough thing. And hopefully with this like monthly subscription thing, you know, if you could get really good financial advice for like 25 or get access to financial advice, you know, maybe get a plan set up, have someone check in on you or, or you could 
have access to someone you could talk to who knows what they're talking about for 25 bucks a month where they literally save you what 250 bucks a month i mean it can make a lot of sense but it's just from a business point of view it's just it's just not that's when i my when i think of retirement retirement to me is you know having a good chunk of money that i can go do whatever the hell i want which means i am going to be coaching i love coach uh coaching throwing i coach over at desert hills um i love coaching i want to teach i want to teach people or personal finance kind of what you do kind of pass it on that type of thing but i also like the idea of kind of venturing out and just saying hey look here's a couple things just with working with people that don't have money they're just trying to make make things work where it's like hey pay me that low monthly amount so in retirement i'd still be making money teaching coaching doing financial planning um but then it would just have more flexibility because it's like hey if i don't want to work this week or whatever i can just make my my money will make money for me that type of thing so yeah that's really cool did you so when you first started college did you plan on being a financial no no interest uh what did you want to do i wanted to be well so i had a good relationship with my uh with my mission president uh i was a big deal i was an ap so um that's king missionary king king missionary but i remember kind of getting his idea because i wanted to be like a chiropractor and he's like they don't really make that much money um unless you actually own your own business and anyway but he's like what you should look at doing is like occupational therapy which actually that does sound it sounded interesting to me so i actually went into college gonna major in uh exercise science that was do they have that dixie Uh That's what Connor's majoring in. Oh, okay. Like, I swear everybody that I meet is majoring All in exercise athletes. science. All the athletes yeah. do exercise <laughs> science. Yeah, and I felt like a cop-out, right? <laughs> um, anyway, but it, when I took that personal finance class, it was like, yeah, I'd rather do stuff with money. <laughs> this sounds a lot more fun, and it can still be just as fulfilling. So Yeah, and you can help just as many people. Yeah. Yeah, so that was... That was... Uh, the. Yeah, that was the change that I made. Um, but it was it was a good change. I mean, I think I was only in maybe about a year, year and a half, where I finally where I made the change from exercise science to. They opened up. Sorry, that personal finance class. They opened up a program specifically for financial planning. Oh. Okay. So that's so they they didn't have it before, and so it's called personal financial planning. It's designed to be to get you ready to take what's called the CFP certified financial planner, which is what I ended up doing. So it was, it was great. Um, it was perfect when it was kind of hard though, because I mean, I had to transition from kind of, and I was just in generals and exercise science, which generals suck. I yeah, still don't get that it's crap. It's so dumb. Like I Especially still have to take a stupid humanities class, which is ridiculous. Like why do I need to go and write essays about movies? Yeah. Like, that's a, that's a high school thing. Yeah, it doesn't make thing. it does. How is that going to help me in the world? Anyway, it's not <laughs> right. I mean, I I had to take math ten ten twice because I flunked the first one. What? Bad bad teacher. Right. You think financial planning is all about math? Truly, it isn't, man. I put stuff in a spreadsheet. I make sure things are right. I mean, you need to st- you need statistics, blah right. blah blah. So I mean, you have a general idea of math, but it's mostly. I mean, it has a lot to do with like taxes and stuff. Um, but yeah, the, the generals were crap. Um, so in the end, I had a problem with, you know, passing my math classes. Um, but so I went to exercise science and then I can't remember where I was going with that. Um, where was I going with that? 
So they opened up the financial yeah. planning. Yeah. So they opened up financial planning. Um, oh, at the time when I was going through, it was they were still trying to figure it out because it was brand new. Like I had to take a like psychology class because and it, truthfully, finance has a lot to do with behavior. Yeah. I mean, it has a ton to do with behavior, stopping bad behavior, helping people. Anyway. So I had to take like a psychology class where I had to do like a therapist session for like my closing, like pretending to be a therapist for someone and stuff in front of a class. I mean, it was freaking awkward. Weird. I actually did pretty good. Um, <laughs> That's like such a weird thing. I know, to do I know. School. So you had to take like this, whatever that psychology work, and then you actually had to get like a business. You basically had to become a business major, which was I had to do the 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 capstone business class, even though I never got like a business degree. And then you could actually get into like your core CFP classes, Weird. which was, and I think it's more is streamlined. Is it still now. the same? Okay. I think it's way more streamlined now, which is, which is crazy. Yeah. Good yeah that them. was, that was crap. Um, That's so weird that they the, had it set up that way. I know the, the business classes were actually pretty good, right? I mean, it was, it, yeah, it, some of them were kind of hard, but it wasn't until, and my, my GPA, I mean, wasn't all that great. I, I think I finally passed with like a three point something. Um, but like my my CFP classes, I ended up getting probably like a 3.8. I mean, nice. it was, but it was like stuff. I'm like, hey, this is applicable. I want to learn this stuff. So, I mean, I would stay, I mean, I ended up being, the, the hardest class was called just retirement planning. I, um, I ended up getting like the highest grade and the highest grade on all the tests. Because I just, I love learning that stuff. I'm like, this yeah. is good stuff. So, and that, that ended up, um, that teacher happened to be Hiram Smith. Um, he actually wrote, like, a letter of recommendation that, like, opened the door to, like, my position now. So, it was, yeah, it was good. It was good all around. Yeah, that's awesome. I, that's definitely something that I absolutely love about college is having, like, an actual relationship with your professors. Oh, right. Like, right. I gotten pretty close with a lot of my professors that I've had and it's amazing like it's not something that you get in high school or any right. other time really to have access to these people that know so much about whatever field you're interested in and then to have them like take an interest in like you and what you're doing and helping you succeed is a really cool feeling to be a part of so it's yeah. definitely one of my favorite things about college for yeah. sure and I think a big part of like uh, the relationship you have with professors is because, at least for me, they, like, treat you as their equal. Right. Or, at, at the very least, like, not much lower than them. Whereas, right. like, I felt they like... They were their ones. They, yeah. 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 Like, because I, yeah. I felt like the, the feeling in high school was, like, sit down, shut up, I'm king of the classroom, go to the principal's I'm office. Big, you're little. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, yeah, I, I totally get that. Yeah. Well, that's really cool that you had a, one of your teachers, like, recommended you to the job that you currently have that you absolutely love. Yeah. No, it, it really worked out. Um, yeah, he wrote a letter I had, because I was, I was, I mean, you've used up, up in the Great White North, as my wife puts it, even though it's not that bad. Um, <laughs> it's not like Wisconsin, like, on my mission. Um, but, um uh, we were trying to get back home to Southern Utah and I mean, they weren't really hiring, uh, but I like sent, just gave them an email and like a phone call just saying, Hey, could I interview with you? And 
was able to get an interview and and then the rest is history. So I've been there now five and a half, five and a half years. So and I'm I'm planning to stay with them as long as they really don't do anything stupid. Um, and eventually, knock on one, hopefully become partners so I can you know start making some good money. Um, but yeah, they're and they're they're good guys. They're good guys. They're CPAs. So I mean, they're they're number crunching. Well, I shouldn't say that. Um, my my big boss was so my big boss and my little boss. The big boss is like seventy three. He he was the original partner of Hinton Burdick, the big CPA firm. He sold out of that and got into financial planning. He is not your typical CPA, that's for sure. I mean, he's a lot. He's not more of a number cruncher. He's more of a um, I don't know. Why do you think CPAs have the reputation that they do? Because in my experience, like all the CPAs that I've personally met are actually pretty cool and like yeah. do interesting stuff. Yeah. But I feel like they always have this stigma to or stigma st- that you know, they're boring and yeah, yeah super bland yeah. Yeah. people. Richards is a CPA, isn't he? Yeah, Richards yeah. is. Esplin is. Yeah. Like my one of my good buddies from high school, his dad is. Who's also super cool. Like I'm trying to think. My first mission president was a CPA. He was a really cool guy. Like. I've, I wonder why they get that. I don't know. I guess um, there's probably some that. There's got to be a history of it. Where it's like, you know, this little guy on a computer, you know, putting crunching numbers on a spreadsheet and nerding out stuff. over Excel. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if that comes from like, for sure, it comes from like movies. Like, yeah. The, yeah. I would assume the biggest, like, or the most powerful corporate job, or like, maybe not most powerful, but like. A really important corporate job is like crunching numbers and make sure like everything's where it needs to right. be and that's like your tie cubicle how's it going right. sandy yeah <laughs> i think of i think of the office when like michael goes out and tries to become his own company and then goes to see an accountant and then he's like you know the account basically says you're not going to be able to make it you know i've crunched the numbers blah, blah, blah. like can you crunch the numbers again click crunch still still not working <laughs> Still not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. That I don't know. You found you were able to find your passion at UVU, and that they opened up that course while you were there. And yeah, it was a really cool opportunity. Out. Yeah, I mean, it was. I was. I was meant to to go to UVU, even though my throwing career wasn't all that great there. Right, I ended up getting injured and stuff. But I was meant to learn that program and become. You know, work to work in finance. So it, I mean, it worked out great. What kind of injury did you sustain there? Yeah, so I have, well, I had a couple. Um, I don't know, man. I was accident prone, I guess. So I, I first like uh, did something to my ankle when I gained all the weight, right? And then you tried running stuff, so I had like some bone spurs or something. So it took me out a little bit, but um, with a with a college shot put at sixteen pounds compared to twelve pounds in high school, it's a lot of weight. I ended up uh, my throwing finger like putting this all the way back and just and so what what happened though it ended up being a lig- ligament tear that just totally destroyed it but what the um, the athletic trainer he had me in a splint where I was set up like this um, it ended up causing a lot more damage that way and not healing because it needed to be like this. And so, like, that, this attachment never really fully got attached. It took for a lot longer. So now, even then, if I 
uh, you know, because I help coach. Yeah. I've got maybe two or three throws in me, and then I can't throw it because it just it's too much. It just it's kills your finger. Yeah, I was. I mean, I ended up like the last um, the last kind of year that I threw. I need I needed core zone shots just to get by. I mean, it was it was bad. Really. It was like I I'm not doing this anymore. And that was all because he had your your middle finger taped to your index finger. Right. So he had it. He had my finger set up. Yeah, straight when they really should be kind of at a ninety degree. So then, I mean, this ligaments never, tendons or whatever it was, never were able to really attach like that, like when it was at 90. Yeah, Yeah, because they were just stretched out the whole time. Yeah, they were stretched out the whole time. And I I mean, I don't blame the athletic trainer. I mean, he didn't really know, but it wasn't until I actually went to like a special, a hand specialist. They were like, oh yeah, we need to do this. Yeah. And it's like, well, crap. (laughs) Specialists are definitely worth worth their weight. Especially like... Like your dad's a podiatrist, like, mm-hmm. and like for sure hand, like, this is such a intricate, yeah, really intricate thing. thing. Like you can't do, yeah. Well, people can do stuff without their hands, but for but like the yeah. normal person, like you can't even imagine, yeah, like, without your hands or your feet. Yeah, like for you and me, like if something tragic happens to our hands, like we're gonna have to really sit down and change Rework course. My whole life. I don't know yeah. that I could be a left-handed dentist because I'm, <laughs> I'm barely a right-handed human. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's why I don't wear a wedding ring. My dad doesn't wear a wedding ring. Like none of my uncles wear wedding wedding rings because they all work yeah, with their hands. Like grab my it dad and break a finger. Yeah. Yeah, they've all done blue collar stuff. My dad and my one of my uncles are both podiatrists, and so they like. That's not worth the risk of right. getting your finger ripped off when you're yeah. doing whatever other thing you're doing. Yeah, it's hard to do surgery with a hook. Yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. It's yeah. not the Civil War anymore. Yeah, well, to the point of like specialists being the saviors of the world. Like when I first came back to work after my leave of absence, I got, I think it's called subangual hematoma. It's like bruising under my big toenails. Yeah. And I like, Walking was misery. It hurt yeah. so bad. Do you think that was because... I'll have to ask my dad about it. Yeah. He'll know. But do you think that was because you didn't really do much for two and a half months? And then you went back to being on your feet all day? Yeah, that's what like, I think. All day long? It's, well, it's the same thing that happened to me. Remember when we went to... Hike, Creek? No, Zion. Oh, and yeah. Lauren Taylor drilled out my... Yeah. <laughs> that whole thing. I got to stress test bite a spatula. <laughs> Like, for, Why? like, pain. Oh, we just, like, put a sock around a spatula and just, ah! <laughs> and it drill out my toenail because it was, like, all bruised and gross. But, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Uh, lost lost a toenail. <laughs> Currently losing one right now. So, yeah. more gross stuff for the podcast. Hey, you need to go see your mom's dad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah he does. Yeah, I was hoping was he, he was. here? No, that was just your mom. Just my mom. Yeah, I was hoping he was in town so I could pop by and be like, Hey, is that going to cause me problems in the future? Because I got, like, <laughs> the one is, like, almost done. The other one, it's, like, missing and, like, grown the nail bed back. Yeah. And I've never seen a podiatrist all all my years. Right. Too. You got real, real ready access to one. Yeah, like, a phone call away. Yeah. I could probably face him and be like, hey, is that okay? And he'll be, he'll, I'll tell you what he'll say. He'll say, No. It's not all right. I have any problems with yeah, that. Yeah, you should go get that looked at. It doesn't look all right at least. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, we've covered all kinds of different stuff. Yeah, we have. Right on. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Aaron. It's been 
super fun time. Yeah. I'm sure we'll have you on again in the future at some point. Yeah, you're oh, you're built in Michael Shermer role. Is that Michael Shermer's on guy on Rogan that's the economist, right? Oh, I don't even know. I, I guess you're not Peter Schiff. Peter Schiff, that's what it is. My I think Michael Shermer's a drug guy. <laughs> <laughs> I just, close. Close. Real close. Yeah, Not you're drug. You're our built in Peter Schiff, so Okay. Welcome to the family. <laughs> right on. Thanks, no. Aaron. No, glad glad to do it. Thanks guys. This was a lot of fun. Hey everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Not My Best Work. Make sure you subscribe and stay tuned for more episodes coming soon.